Welcome to Grid Talk, a series of conversations with the leaders and innovators shaping the 21st century grid. Hosting the podcast is Marty Rosenberg, an award-winning energy journalist. The series is sponsored by the Department of Energy's Office of Electricity Advanced Grid Research Division. Now, here's Marty Rosenberg with Grid Talk. Hi, and welcome to Grid Talk. Today, we have with us Tracy LeBeau, the Administrator and CEO of the Department of Energy's Western Area Power Administration. Hi, Tracy. Hi. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. We're, we're very pleased to have you to talk about a number of issues because there's a lot of exciting developments in the world of transmission. There's a, going to be renewed investment in transmission and along with the whole grid as part of the Department of Energy's $62 billion infrastructure spend on the energy grid. So with WAPA having 17,000 miles of transmission in 15 states and $4 billion in assets, can you just just give us a big overview of what this might mean? Sure. And thanks for having me on the podcast. So I think in terms of the bipartisan infrastructure law, I think it's going to affect us in a couple different ways. So I think first, first and foremost, we received uh, $500 million for purchase power and wheeling costs. And essentially that authority allows us to meet some of our contractual obligations to deliver energy, really when real-time generation from federal hydropower resources is insufficient. And so that funding is uh, limited to those uh, purchase power and wheeling costs and it's reimbursable, but it really did help us bring us back to a, a requisite level and very particularly helpful as we enter further into this era of drought and extreme weather throughout our footprint. So that was a big help. Um, the second way that we're going to be uh, affected is there are a number of provisions that seek to provide additional opportunities or tools to help facilitate the development, the investment, and the construction of new or expanded transmission infrastructure, as you noted. Those tools, those programs, that funding is all getting fleshed out um, as we speak, and programs are getting ready to be stood up and uh, Secretary has noted it on um, several occasions in the last uh, few weeks that we're undergoing a historic hiring uh, opportunity. I think we're looking at bringing on um, a thousand people at the department to help um, carry out all of these new exciting new programs and authorities. Um, but in addition to that, so uh, I guess not addition, but in related to that is WAPA actually has a transmission infrastructure program, um, which is just over 10 years old. And uh, that program is a 3.25 billion revolving loan fund, um, and, uh, which was established really to provide some debt capital to transmission and related projects um, that is geared to facilitate the delivery of renewable energy. Tracy, talk a little bit about how that works. Uh, what does it mean on the ground? How is that money being put out there? Sure. So really, it's important to understand that this is a revolving loan fund. So it's not a loan guarantee, but it's actual debt capital. And so over the last decade, we've successfully financed uh, several transmission projects. 
really our strong suit in this area is for transmission projects or related infrastructure projects, uh, namely like commercially deployed technologies around storage. Uh, those opportunities to uh, help finance those projects, our, our strong lane is construction financing. Um, that's something we, you know, for transmission, engineering, design, siting, uh, operations, construction, that's really our strong suit. Just so I understand this, you have 17,000 miles of transmission. Is this spending we're discussing right now? going back and retrofitting and upgrading that or putting new lines out there to new places? Where is it going? So this infrastructure uh, program, this three and a quarter billion dollars of capital that we've had, like I said, for the last decade, um, really it's for new or expanded projects. Um, this is really one of the very few unique public-private partnership programs out there in the federal government. And it's geared towards, again, new or expanded transmission. A lot of these projects, um, some, of, uh, some of them have been uh, uh, interconnected into our systems. And some of them that we are looking to finance possibly are not interconnected to our system. Really, the point of this, this, this authority and this program is to kind of get uh, equity investment capital kind of off the sidelines into transmission to be that valued partner that not only brings you know uh, debt capital to the table, but also smart money that understands transmission. So, can you point to some um, intriguing or or noteworthy renewable projects that this is enabled? Is it getting solar and wind deployed out into areas that hadn't been before? Well, that's the goal. That is definitely the goal. And as you well know that in the last decade, uh, you know, there's lots of planning, lots of pre-positioning that's been done for large transmission to facilitate, you know, big renewable build out. A lot of that hard work has been done. I think that's the good news in all of this that, you know, some major permitting work and siting work has been done for some interstate transmission projects out there. I think now that the uh, the, the offtake, the purchase power, uh, the market aspect is solidifying and clarifying. Uh, a lot of these projects are moving forward um, now on the commercial side of things. So I think that at that point when they have sufficient clarity on the, the types of commercial commitments that are going to be made to these projects, both to the you know, renewable offtake uh, but also to the uh, for in our our interest is transmission service agreements attendant to all of that. Uh, as that all starts clarifying, which it is, all of that work that we've been doing for years um, in relation to siting and permitting these big projects, I think has been time well spent, and um, it's going to be ex- exciting next couple of years. So you were earlier in your opening remarks were talking about adjusting to the hydro situation. Mm-hmm. WAPA has 57 hydro projects, and you have a, a, a good visibility to what's going on in your region. And, and the drought seems to be dire and, and unrelenting, and, and uh, we all have seen the pictures of major hydro dams where the water level is at historic lows. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk about how bad it is, and how do you compensate? What kind of plans are you putting in place as a result and I assume your assumption is it's not going to get better soon. I think that's the right assumption. I don't want to overgeneralize by uh, on any kind of one approach. We've got, as you noted, 57 
um, hydroelectric dams that we market the power from that are those dams being um, operated by the Bureau of Reclamation or Army Corps. Um, so, yeah, we're seeing, you know, drought conditions worsening and not just in the Colorado River Basin, which is getting a lot of the press and attention and rightly so, uh, but we're actually seeing drought in every one of our regions. And is, so it's, it's just a matter of time, I think. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's just a matter of time that we're just going to see one of our region up at the Upper Great Plains is starting to see, you know, some of the drought starting to, uh, you know, uh, to show itself. Whereas, again, Colorado River Basin, which you know, has uh, Hoover Dam and others that uh, folks see in the press a lot recently, um, we're, all, we're all starting to see the beginnings of this. You have an enormous transmission grid. Um, what what's been the impact of this, and how can you how resilient is it to respond to the situation? The practical impacts have been for a lot of our customers that uh, the reality is we can we can only market what's generated. Uh, that I mean, our primary mission is to market what is generated at these dams. If gener you know if the water just isn't there to generate. Um, then our customers have to look around and try to figure out how to supplement uh, their, what is their load requirements. And in some cases, you know, they've asked us to go out into the market and you know, find that supplemental power and, mark, you know, and provide that, market that to them. In other cases, they're, they're going out into the market and finding it themselves. I think uh, this year, uh, we are looking to kick off a dialogue about you know, what, what the future really looks like for all of us, not just WAPA, not just Reclamation, but uh, really our customers, what they see into the future, how do they want to approach this, not from a, uh, not so much from a short-term perspective. Um, and we've got operational agreements and planning and really some really good work that's been done to try to eke out every bit of efficiency that we can uh, between us and our customers and uh, the Bureau of Reclamation, Army Corps. Uh, but it's really that longer-term approach. What does that path look like for all of us? Because it's not just within our, um, you know, it's just not our decision to make. You know, we, we have that very trusted partnership with all of our over 700 customers that we need to understand that this is a shared path and we're going to start exploring that this year. So as you try to uh, eke out every last drop of efficiency, as you said, and have a, a longer-term approach. Asset management and data as a strategic asset becomes critical. Could you talk a little bit about what that is enabling uh, you to do? Well, in normal times, we can. You know, we, we've we've really spent a lot of time and effort, um, which has been a great investment of ours into building up our asset management program that helps us inform where our investments and where and and, and also our customers what their investments are going to uh, go towards and help prioritize or triage or make those important decisions. Um, you know, for the next ten years. Uh, one of the things that you know we we're talking about, we we're talking internally now, and kind of bringing it back to your first question about how the bipartisan infrastructure law uh, could be helpful or intersect in in, in our operations, uh, is that I think there's some opportunities now to look at you know kind of what does the future look like, what what does our grid 
need to be more resilient. We have been for years, I think, except doing exceptionally well about planning and, and, and executing on our reliability requirements. But I think there's just, this is a really opportune time to explore how, uh, what kind of strategies, what sort of technologies that we can use and partner with our customers um, to make our grid more resilient. And I think all of that data, all of that asset management data that we've been collecting about the age of our systems, uh, the conditions of our systems has, you know, put us again in good stead from a reliability standpoint. But I think it's really going to be the foundation that we use to start exploring uh, how to make our systems more resilient, particularly in the wake of drought, in the wake of extreme weather. When you talk about resilience uh, being largely out west, I think of the forest fires. How mm-hmm. How is that? affected by your intelligence and uh, your asset management? Um, how have you been able to get on top of the, of the problem and, and what do you see doing in the future? I think getting more proactive about wildfire uh, mitigation and management issues. Um, we've, we've attacked it from uh, several different directions. Uh, one is, you know, Years ago, we started programs within our footprint to widen uh, some of our easements um, and you know, really take a more aggressive stance on integrated uh, vegetation management. Um, we've used drone technology. We've used LIDAR. We've used a lot of different things to inform kind of where we need to do that. Um, and we have been able to do that. And, and is, it has really worked out well for us. Uh, when we had some uh, particularly threatening uh, wildfires last summer and the summer before. So knock on wood, we've been, you know, that that has worked out well for us thus far. I think going forward, uh, you know, we're in uh, uh, constant discussions uh, with the department, uh, which has a lot of great expertise um, on the technology side. We are in conversations with our DOE national labs who are also working on different sorts of technologies to place better sensors out in the field. So we've got kind of real eye, eyeballs on what's going on. Um, and, and, and particularly when we're kind of in the heat of things um, uh, and there's wildfires breaking out or nearby that we've got, you know, all of those, all of those technology tools um, to better focus our resources and efforts. Now, there have been major fires recently in Colorado and several years in California. Mm-hmm. Do you see new plans emerging to, to get on top of that and get ahead of that issue? I think, you know, one of the things that we started um, last year and the year before was aligning better with our uh, interagency partners, uh, particularly on the land management side, Forest Service, uh, BLM and others to work more collaboratively about permits and streamlining of effort to get folks out into uh, into those sites um, a little faster, a little easier, pursuing vegetation management strategies with them um, to kind of clear way uh, and, and remove a lot of that, uh, you know, that fire danger. So I think those efforts need to continue to happen, both at the federal level, the state level, and the local level. I think all of those resources uh, need to be continue to be better aligned um, and coordinated um, to address a lot of that. 
as you look at these twin problems we've been discussing, both the drought and the uh, diminishment of hydro resources and the fire threat, um, how is that affecting your overall mission uh, to be a, a power marketing agency in the 15 states? Well, that is something that I think this year we are going to uh, spend some time and effort exploring with our customers uh, what that really means for us. It feels a little existential sometimes. Um, you know, one of those, you know, as, as a new administrator, um, you know, folks often ask me what keeps me up at night. And, you know, I often have responded with uh, weather. Weather keeps me up at night. And, you know, it's something that, you know, we, we can't control per se, but it's something that we can control for. Uh, but it also warrants a conversation and a dialogue, like I mentioned before, that we're going to initiate this year um, and just explore with our customers and with our stakeholders kind of their their needs, their expectations longer term about, you know, as roles and responsibilities we can, we can take. Um, and I think at, at this point, you know, I know it's a little cliche at this point, you know, describing the, the situation as unprecedented, but it, it really is. And I think given all the tools and technology and strategies that we can take um, to address a lot of these issues, it's really gonna take everybody, um, every, everybody's uh, ideas and you know, innovative approaches to how we can do this all together. Um, I, don't, I don't have an answer um, for you right now about what this is going to mean longer term about our ability to deliver on our mission. I think we are delivering on our mission quite well, but we do, I do realize that you know, the situation is unprecedented and we're going to have to have that dialogue with the, with the stakeholders and with our customers. Well, all that does is make, makes me interested in reconvening in, in about six months or a year and, and see how, how that's going. Yeah. But, but Tracy, tell us a little more about yourself. You're, you're new to this administrative job. What has been your background? Um, what excites you most about the role that you, you now have moved into, given the headaches that, that we've been discussing that go with the job? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I've been with WAPA for, I think, about seven years, um, approximately about seven years. And I came um, to WAPA from the Department of Energy headquarters in Washington, D.C. And prior to that, I was, a, I was actually an energy developer. And so I know what it takes to site and permit and pursue um, energy development uh, in the West and um, and so I had that kind of had that coming in, uh, that understanding coming in. And when I came to WAPA, um, initially I was the uh, asked to come in and, and kind of refresh our transmission infrastructure program, which I uh, referred to earlier, infrastructure loan program. And it, which I thought was a, a very good match between my my skill set, uh, my private sector skill set and uh, really what this very unique public-private partnership program. Um, after that, I, I've kind of moved, I moved around uh, the agency, um, uh, helping reorganize parts of it. Um, I was its chief administrative officer. I actually ran, I uh, was the manager overseeing uh, our systems in the desert Southwest. So I've seen this organization from several different vantage points. And what really intrigues me um, and kind of keeps 
keeps me, you know, keeps me very uh, excited about this position and about the organization as a whole is really our grounding. And we're so close. We live in the communities that we work with and that we serve. And, you know, we're so grounded in that. And our mission isn't just, you know, a mission statement. It is really um, you know, our, our, our relationships. And by our, I mean mine all of the employees that I, I, you know, I get to lead and work with every day, uh, their commitment to you know, their communities and the customers we serve is just very inspiring. And uh, it's nice to, you know, I've lived through most of my life, all my life I've lived all over the country, uh, but the better part of my life I've lived in this WAPA footprint. And so the path, this mission, um, that we all walked, you know, walk together with our customers, communities that we serve is very meaningful to me on multiple levels. I have family um, all within this footprint. And so uh, that's something that I, uh, the impact that we can have on our communities that we serve is very, very um, inspiring. So Tracy, you've told us about your background and we've talked about some of the complexities that you're facing. The last question I'd like to ask you is what's your vision for the agency? What what do you see coming in the next few years? What would you like to accomplish? I'd like to it really, uh, I'll, I'll step back a minute. You know, I stepped into, you know, a regional manager role as the pandemic was starting and uh, now step into the, uh, stepped into the administrative role uh, while it was still going on and now we're entering into this you know this we can have these dialogue uh, with with folks about uh, drought about all of these extreme weather events all of the you know the the kind of the roles and responsibilities that we have uh, not just to serve customers but also we have um, towards the communities that we live and serve and uh Getting us through some of those crucial conversations, um, I think, is going to be is something I, I'm a little, I'll be honest, a little intimidated by, but I'm also very inspired by, it and I'm looking forward to to doing that. I think that's something um, that you know, given all the opportunities, like when we started this conversation with the uh, bipartisan infrastructure law, all the opportunities that has now bringing to our customers and to the West. I think is going to be something that is going to be very exciting to get through, kind of lead through all of those changes and through this change is, I think, both a challenge and um, a great opportunity that I'm very thankful for. Thank you, Tracy. That's been great. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Grid Talk. We've been talking to Tracy LeBeau, the administrator and COE of the Western Area Power Administration in the Department of Energy. Please send us your feedback or questions to gridtalk at nrel.gov. And we encourage you to give the podcast a rating or a review on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about the podcast series or to subscribe, visit smartgrid.gov. Thanks for listening to Grid Talk, presented by the U.S. Department of Energy Office of Electricity Advanced Grid Research Division. Subscribe through your favorite podcast provider or visit smartgrid.gov for more information.